Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yesterday, it was a young man. He's a box for Iranian national team. A very talented kid. I never met this guy. He called me yesterday through Instagram. He said to me, he said, I ran away from home. Now I'm sleeping at the park. I'm in France. I have no money. I'm so hungry. Can you help me? was him. I am delighted to say I have a man in the studio with me today who has an extraordinary story. We'll also be hearing from MMA fighter turned boxer Jack McGann, who's on the card in Saudi Arabia, the opening of the Riyadh season on October the 28th. He's fighting Roberto Duran Jr. What a name. But first of all, let me introduce in He's a heroic figure. He's come to the UK. He escaped persecution. He's an amazing story, like Francis Ngannou is an amazing story, like Tyson Fury is an amazing story. Razor Ali, how are you? I'm good, Yara. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here and share my story. Um, it's exciting these days because there's a lot going on. There is. The reason I invited you in, um, Obviously, I know that you are a huge fan of boxing. You're a student of the game. Um, but you have a resonance, a similarity, a survival instinct that Francis Ngannou showed as a young boy in Africa, that Tyson Fury showed in coming back from being overweight and down and depressed and suicidal. Your story, like theirs, is one of salvation of redemption in some ways, of survival, as I say. Um, let me ask you, first of all, how impressed are you by the story of Francis Ngannou? Let me just tell it. Working in a sand quarry as a small boy, escaping from Africa, swimming across the sea, living on the streets in France, finding an MMA gym, always wanting to be a boxing champion, but fight sports proved an escape, but also a salvation for him. You identify with that, don't you? Very much so, because what he went through, it was all about his ambition and trying to survive and be somebody and do better. Because there is a lot of people in the world can do better, can fulfill their potential, but um, their background, their environment, like all of the stuff like that, stops you but only the person say you know what i'm gonna go get what i what i want i'm gonna go for better days and no matter what's in front of me i'll just go do it and those people i believe they succeed one of them look francis where he is today unbelievable do you think that um it's a metaphor for life as well as a physical struggle as well that people are fighting for their lives, then they fight in the ring, then they fight to get fit, then they fight to train. And are those battles there all the time or are you overcoming them all the time? Are you 
do you get to a stage where you've survived and then you battle again? Is it always there, the battle? For somebody like me, I cannot talk for somebody else. My battle's never finished. Um, so always something that I need to battle with. Like, um, Is boxing a metaphor for that as well, physically? For sure. Like to me, boxing represents life uh, because when you can't fight no more, you have to fight. When you when you fall, you have to get up. Um, when everybody is behind the rope in the safe side, you're the one vulnerable. Um, it's just the exact life, you know. How do you have to do with the situation? Somebody got power. Somebody got boxing IQ. Mm -hmm. Somebody like um, got speed. Uh, somebody got a good chin. You have to overcome all the battles. You have to have the ability to adapt to the situation. Um, and it's just like life. One day you wake up, you hear bad news. Maybe you maybe you have to deal with your, your family issues or like losing someone in life. It's always the battle, like it's never ending. But how you, how you react under pressure define your character. Do you resonate with Francis Ngannou and understand that story because you escaped from hardship and privation for a new life uh, in the UK from Iran. Um, do you do you understand when you hear the Francis Ngannou story, do you understand the things inside him that have been pushing him? Yeah, very much so because it's I can relate everybody walk their own path. Um, but as you said, like he came from poverty, the environment, same as mine. Like there was not much in Africa, you know, same as there wasn't much enough in my in my neighborhood. Um, every day I was I was trying to think at how can I survive? How can I just go somewhere that nobody disturbed me and I can I can just follow the path that I was destined to be. You know, I'm the only survivor of a of a car crash, all my relatives, my family, they died in front of me. Um, I'm 26 years old, I'm still asking myself, um, why didn't I die? Because some days I wake up, I'm just not in the mood. Maybe like my, my pain tolerance is not as much. Maybe mentally I'm not as, as strong as sometimes, most of the time I can be. And I'm like, but why am I alive? For what reason? And then you, you wander around, you calm yourself down, and then for me, when I go to the gym, I'm like, that's the reason I'm alive because um, I'm not, I'm not got to know everything. Like nobody knows everything, but for some reason I was alive, right? To be here today, right in front of you from somewhere very far away from here. Um, now doing my thing. And when I see, when I see other champions, from my background, from the same story, come here. I feel what they got in their, in their, in their belly, the the, the the burning desire that you want to prove to yourself first and prove everybody what you're capable of. You can do much. You can you can change the world. You can inspire someone. It's so simple. Like people sometimes think like I have to I have to inspire and I have to help so many, but you really don't need to. Only one person is enough. Because it's the chain, you know. I, I go definitely do the same elsewhere. Yesterday it was a young man. He's a, he's a he boxed for Iranian national team. A very talented kid. Um, 
uh, around my weight. I never met this guy. He called me yesterday through Instagram. He said to me, we, talk, we speak time to time. He said, I ran away from home. I made it. Now I'm sleeping at the park. I'm in France. I have no money. I'm so hungry. Can you help me? I was like, wow. I was him like seven years ago. Mm. I slept I slept outside. I didn't know what to do. I had no money. I was I was in Germany. I had to find bottles because you give the plastic bottles to the machine, they give you 25 cents. I had to gather all of them to be able to get like some sandwich or food to eat. And this this guy called me, like, now I feel him, like he's so hungry. Like he's excited. He's not in a bad place. Maybe the environment is not what he wants. Maybe he doesn't have food or where he sleeps. But trust me, in his head, in his heart, he feels the happiest boy. Until you're in that situation, you don't know whether you will survive or not. And when you do survive it, you grow. I mean, I've seen you grow. I've known you for a couple of years now, and I've seen you grow as a person, appreciate what you've got. Um, to throw it back to Naganu, because he's always wants to be a boxing champion, even though his journey took him on that motorway, that freeway, if you like, to Las Vegas to be a UFC heavyweight champion, that struggle for survival, in spite of the fact it's his first boxing match and people are writing him off against Tyson Fury, because he's got to here, in the actual fight itself at the opening of the Riyadh season on October the 28th, does that make him a dangerous opponent for Tyson Fury, even though people are saying, no, Tyson's too good? I don't believe that. First of all, we have to respect any fighter. He got that in his, in his heart that he's a fighter. And he, look what he went through in life and accomplished. You, you think, know, because you know, don't you? Yes. You know, you've been there. You, like, what he went through, you think is it a big deal to do a boxing fight? Not really. He's a fighter, you know, mm. in and out. Um, so so what him, you're saying is, after what you've been through, having a boxing match is nothing, really. Not to underestimate the, the beautiful science of boxing, how hard it is. Apart from that, from the hearting, from the fighting spirit, no, he can do it. And he's a dangerous man. He got so much power and he's hungry. I tell you what, because his dream came true. He's going to he's going to do his boxing boxing fight in front of him, and, he and got, he's fighting the lineal heavyweight champion. Yeah, see, and he got title in front of yeah. him. He's just not any don't need fight. any more motivation than that, do you? No, dream come true for him more than ever. On the other side of this fight, you've got Tyson Fury who had the world at his feet when he beat Vladimir Klitschko in 2015. He reached his Everest, as he says, that day. And then he fell into a dark chamber, into depression, uh, which he has still and works with it every day. He always talks about it, very open about it. Fell into overeating, indulging, hugely overweight, suicidal thoughts. He's come back, not from that, life struggle or the world struggle if you like societal struggle he's come back from mental struggles so that's an incredible story in itself as well isn't it for sure both these fighters are like not any fighter because what they accomplished like outside of the ring because it's so harder outside of the ring like 
sometimes I wish it was just like this. As an athlete, you go to gym, you you get your you 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 catch weight, you get fit, and then you just fight. But it's not just like that, you know. The the personal life, the the trauma that you do on a daily basis, and plus that you have to also fight, you know. And what what Tyson Fury did and is still doing because now everybody wants a piece of him. Now he has to stay hungry. He's he needs to stay champion, he needs to defend his title. Um, he's just not any man, Tyson Fury, you know? Like, you never underestimate a man like him. Well, let's hope he's not underestimating Francis Ngannou. A little bit about you. Tell us about what weight division you fight in, where you are in your career at the moment. I know you've got an injury at the moment from training with Lee Wood that won... Um, weekend before last against Josh Warrington in a fantastic all-British featherweight fight. Tell us about you and your career and where you are right now. Well, I'm a super bantamweight um, and I'm 8-0 undefeated. Um, I was as I was going to fight on the 30th of September. Um, unfortunately, I was uh, in the sparring. I torn my ACL with, with Lee Wood and then... Um, you tore your ACL. I tore my ACL and then... Um, rotating? Hyperextension. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was very depressed. Like, it's just been one month and two days. Another struggle. Another struggle. Another struggle. But you're mentally strong. I tell you, Gareth, like, it was... It, because now I'm here in a safe place, things just smooth for me. Um, and I'm not dealing in the same mood that when I was in a survival mode. So this time when I torn my ACL, I didn't feel that depressed that I felt for many years. You know, I feel like now my life is a bit settled. But then this hit me because I was going to fight a very good fighter. I would get some respect. Um, I could prove myself first to myself than to people because... Um, for me, it's just like I have to prove myself to myself. I don't really care what's going on outside because it happened to me. I learned that more than ever in my last fight. It was first time I got dropped. And I, I recall looked, you were dropped, but yes. you got up and you fought back and you won. Yes, exactly. But I went through a thousand emotions every time in my, in my break in between rounds when I was there. I, I, I couldn't really hear my corner. I was like, I have to prove myself to myself, could I take a punch and can I continue? Can I overcome this? Um, yeah, my coach happy, my team happy, my family happy, fans happy, I put a good show on, promoters happy. But before everybody else, I had to, I had to prove myself what I can do. Because the last person you can lie is yourself. You can never lie to yourself. You know what you're capable of. And I knew I'm gonna go on the 30th of September show everybody that I got better, I improved, I worked. And just three weeks before the fight, I tore my ACL, so I was very depressed. I, To tell you the truth, for like nearly two weeks, I didn't leave my house at all. Lights were off, I, I didn't want to see my friends, I didn't eat much. And I was like, why did that happen to me? Because- There's always a reason so much, though. Oh, I had so and much there's always a reason, isn't there? Exactly, but now, it was like a slap in my face. You always stay in survival mode. It's never finished. Like Because it's like that, you're winning a fight and it's round 12, you switch up for a second, you're on the canvas. It was 
it was the same feeling for me that Ali, like he's never finished. You have to always stay sharp, even when you're down. But believe me, every day I've been talking to my to my knee. It's like an actual person. <laughs> I went to physio yesterday. I did a squat. They couldn't believe. I said, how? I said, I talk to my knee every night because I'm destined for this. I'm I'm here to to do it. No matter what happened to me, I have to I have to do it. It's another battle. But now for two weeks, I feel again back to myself. I train every day. Um, and I just can't wait to, to fight again. We can't wait to see you fight again. We're going to be joined shortly by Jack McGann, who's on the Battle of the Baddest card. He's facing Roberto Duran Jr. More from him in a minute. Well, joining myself and Razor Ali on the Battle of the Baddest podcast, a man who's fighting on the card on Saturday night. And in a weird way, he knows how Francis Ngannou is going to be feeling. Jack McGann joins us. Jack, how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Gala. Thanks, thanks for having me on. Absolute pleasure. You are fighting. I, I have to say this out loud. Jack McGann is fighting Roberto Duran Jr. Now, he hasn't achieved the things his father achieved, the legendary Roberto Duran, but what a name to be facing on the card to open the Riyadh season. Yeah, even if this was his debut, that name alone, it, it, the, the weight that it's got in boxing is, is, is monumental, so... Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's massive, and, and I've got to pinch myself a little bit the, the way it's all lined up. That I'm on the card anyway, and it's that big, and then it's 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 that opponent. You know, it's um, it's it's like shutting out of the gym. Jack, you had a very very promising start to your MMA career. You lost a couple, but you won a load. You're you're a very dynamic, very aggressive fighter. Then you decided to take up boxing. Why have you transferred your skill set into boxing from from MMA? There, there was a couple of reasons. Firstly, I used to leading up to MMA fights in preparation for my own. I'd always box with boxers, like I, I'd always spar boxers in my fight camps at just boxing. Um, I, I like I used to spar me me coach now, Martin Murray, so I could always handle myself with with boxers who, who, who are real seasoned pros. So it used to be like, I used to look at it as, oh, well, I'll have at least one because I'm putting all this time into it and, and I'll at least, I'll sort of have one or two just to see. But I, when the time comes to it, um, to, to, my last couple of, them, of MMA fights, he was in Russia and, and, and I was fighting monsters and the odds, the odds were always against me. And and I think me second to last one, I got robbed on a decision. My last one was a bit of a mess. Along with the way my gym was, it, it was just like I needed a bit of a, a fresh start. And the plan was to jump back and forth, but COVID got in the way of that. But there was a few, there was a few reasons for it. But I, as I said, I, I haven't closed the door on the MMA um, fights on me and my career. But just at the time of the jump, it was, it was, it just made sense. As 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 I said, with a fresh start, and it was hot on on the um, sales of McGregor switching over to with the big Mayweather fight and it was just sort of the switch over world was 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 on fire at, at that time so yeah there was a few there was a few things for it but it just made sense at that time um 
obviously you're you're managed by your father, Anthony McGann, who managed people like Michael Bisping, um, did brilliant work uh, with him, of course, one of the legends of uh, British MMA. Um, I know that you set up this deal with Spencer Brown, Tyson Fury's manager, for you to be on this card. Come on. It's a big card to be on for you, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's massive. And, and you know, it, it, it's all the answer. As you said there, me, 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 me dad's just... My dad's just being my dad. He's just helping out his son. And it's not my fault. He, he's an expert in it. He's one of the best in, in the game. Do you know what I mean? But my, my manager, Alfie Warren, a massive part of it with Spencer Brown and my sponsor, Samantha Hudson, all, all put their heads together and got me on this. And, and, you know, I've got this massive fight with Roberto Duran Jr. with the only fight that's not a heavyweight fight yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you've got to make it a heavyweight Results. Yeah. Steal the show. I bet you're planning to steal the show, aren't you? Yeah, I've got to put in a heavyweight performance and 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 and, and represent it for the, for the for the smaller fellas. So we had this um, even with the size of the show and all them moving parts, we're told you son with the only fight that that's um, not a heavyweight fight that that creates pressure and that 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 creates pressure and um, when you've got that much pressure on fighters, that's when you get big performances. So that's why I believe. Everyone going to all the fights that night are going to be incredible because of that reason. Because it is so big, no one's going to put in a lackluster performance because they're all going to be preparing the best they can because they know how big it is. It's like Roberto Soldier Junior. He, he's got his, his dad's a, a, a legend in the sport. He has to perform. He, he, he's got no other choice. I'm going to get the best of him. His, his dad's going to be there on the night, and and that pressure is going to make him fight for his life and and. and you're gonna, you're gonna get. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in for a tough night because of it by the looks of it. Well, we're talking today with Razor in here in the studio with me. We're talking about um, fighting for your life. But give us a prediction on your fight. You're gonna get the KO or not? Well, it's so, so I made his debut on the Tyson Fury uh, on his big comeback fight. Um, about, about five years ago. And at the same time, leading up to it in the press, I, was, I, I had a black eye. Because I remember thinking we was doing the first, um, the, one of the first presses. I was still stood up there making me boxing debut, standing there like, oh, I'm the only person with a black eye. It's going to look like I don't know what I'm doing. I remember it clearing my head. And I got a third round stoppage in that, in that fight. So, you know, if, if history repeats itself, I'll be happy with this one. I've, I've stopped the last, the last four opponents that I've had. In my MMA career, I've, I've stopped, I've got like a 90% stoppage rate with knockouts. So I, I, I do damage, I hear people. And that, that, that's what I'm, I'm going to keep doing in this one. And if I don't stop Roberto Duran, if I can make him retire on the stool, I'm going to take that as my no mass. I'm sure if I can recreate a bit of history anywhere I can, I will. So I'm definitely going for the stoppage. And, and as I said, I'm, I'm more than blessed to be on this card and to have such a great opponent with this big dynamic going into it and it's just going to be massive I'm, 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 I'm so grateful no mass indeed um, two more questions can you as a former MMA fighter can you become a British champion can you become a world champion you're fighting a, is it super lightweight super welter super welter of course light middleweight I get confused in my old age light middleweight yeah. I call it that's the old fashioned name for it 154 pounds can you 
You're a lightweight in MMA, of course, because that's 155 yeah. pounds. Um, that's yeah, where okay. I confused it. Um, can you become an MMA fighter and a British and world champion? Do you believe you can do that? Yeah, definitely, hundred percent. And you know, I'm, I'm knocking on the door for the for the British anyway. I should I should really be up there to get made mandatory in a, in a couple of weeks because when the Belkov vacated, they, they made two eliminators, me and Lee Cutler and Mason Cartwright and Ansui. Our fight fell through because Lee Cutler went a different way. Ansui and Mason fought for the vacant belt. So really, I I should be have, have my next goal with that. So yeah, it's, it's all just lining line up for myself, and I believe that. With the team and Alfie Warren and Spencer Brown, who I believe is the future of boxing at the minute with the moves that he's making, the only way it's going to go is right to the top. And finally, and don't sit on the fence here, I'm accused of being a Fury fanboy very often, but I, I'm not. I just get access to him. We're colleagues. As an MMA fighter, is Francis Ngannou really dangerous in this fight? And could he create one of the biggest shocks, maybe even the biggest ever, in the history of heavyweight fighting and heavyweight boxing? Yeah, of course you can. First of all, it's the way you've got to look at it is, it's heavyweight boxing, so everyone keeps saying, because it's so true, anything can happen. You've got and a guy who's coming in... can change it, can't it? You know? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, people keep going on about it, and who's got the hardest punch in the Guinness Book of Records or whatever. He, he probably won't punch as hard as Wilder, but he, but he hasn't got it. You can hit that, definitely, 100%. And you've got a guy who's coming in with nothing to lose in Nganu. Because if he gets beat off Tyson, he's been beat off the best heavyweight in the world anyway. You put anybody against Tyson, the first, when you say you'd reckon will win, 99% of people will say Tyson anyway, regardless of who it is on the other side of him. Um, so, yeah, Nganu's got nothing to lose. He's going to be putting his life into this because because he's known he's got a boxing fight coming up and, and, and this is a big chance. And, and then you've got Tyson, who's already got a fight signed with his next opponent. And everyone's, it's like you said, you don't sit on the fence. Um, has he got a chance? That's all everyone's saying. So when, you, when you're sitting there and everybody's saying, um, this is like what you see. You see some people get upset by journeyman sometimes because of this reason. When everyone's telling you, oh, it's going to be an easy night. Oh, you're going to win. Oh, it's going to be um, a piece of piss. That's when the upsets happen. So the way I look at it is, if I was a better man, obviously put me money on Tyson all day. But if there was ever a case where absolutely everything could go wrong, you know, the, the, the Tyson and Usyk fight sides, and the only thing that could get in the way of it, everyone keeps saying injuries and whatever, is if Ngannou does the upset. It's a 17 of, 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 stone African giant with big hands who wants to exactly. upset history. Can he do and it, no, Jack? Yeah, I believe he can. We don't know is the truth. We don't know. We don't, you don't know, but if, if there was ever a case of sort of everything might just go wrong, this might be it. Well, let's hope it doesn't go wrong for you. Uh, we look yeah. forward to seeing you on the card. I can't wait to see you in Riyadh next week. Jack, thanks so much for joining us today. Don't get injured. Stay fit. No. Travel well. Yeah. I'll catch up with you in Riyadh in fight week. Cheers. See you there. Cheers. Well, Razor Ali, Jack McGann, transforming himself from MMA fighter into boxer. He's a terror, by the way, in the ring. Undefeated as a boxer. Lightweight 
MMA lightweights, 155 pounds. Light middleweights, 154 pounds, of course. Man, that guy can punch. And he has fast twitch fiber and is very aggressive. You didn't know Roberto Duran Jr. was fighting, did you? I didn't know. That's crazy. The fact that he said it, that you, you go up face a man that there is so much story behind him, his father, you know, it puts pressures on you. Even if you know, like, I'm going to go beat him up, but still, you know, like there is so much tension. It's a fantastic event we're building up to. Um, next week, of course, is the fight week uh, for the Riyadh season. Um, there's a lot of big names going uh, to Riyadh, a lot of big names in the whole fight week. I think, Razor, it's, it's almost a celebration as well. As someone who was born and grew up in what we call the Middle East, I wanted to ask you lastly, how amazing it is to have these big events happening in that part of the world. It's perfect because it only shows you it's not like in 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 West, you know, in America, in Europe. Because now, look, um, not only Middle East, like even boxing in Australia, in Japan, you know, it's getting big. Um, a lot of people they don't know, but like in boxing in China is big, you know. I fought in China. When it's I a global sport, isn't yeah, it? it is. And that's what's beautiful about this. You know, the the promo last week, it was. Fury and Naganu punching the bag or punching the wall and sending judders all the way to China, for example. That's true. Uh, but but for me to be from the region and having this massive fight there and it's just a start to kick off, it's going to be more and more. It's very, very interesting because like I see myself in future, if I fight in the Middle East, unfortunately, I cannot go back home, you know. But I'm sure a lot of people can come and, and see me fight. A lot of people can come to, to London to see me fight, but uh, I'm sure like my, my people be able to come to Dubai, Saudi, see me fight, and then I can make them proud. So the fact that boxing is getting B in Middle East, it's a good thing for me. And, um, and it's also a beautiful part of the world, you know. We look forward to watching your career develop as a super bantamweight. Um, your... Um, career developed globally as well. You are a global story. You're a story of inspiration, Razor. It's no splinters time on the fence now. It's time to pick, Razor. That's true. Who That's wins true. on the 28th? Um, oh, I tell, let me let me ask you a couple of picks. Martin Bacoli and Carlos Takam. Maybe Martin. I agree with you. Joseph Parker and Simon Keane. Maybe park here. Arslanbek Mahmudov. I can't remember who he's fighting right now, but he's on the card as well. Have you seen him? The WBC number five. He's an extraordinary talent. I won't get you to pick him then. What what weight? What weight? Close. Heavyweight. Heavyweight. Uh, oh, heavyweight. Very much a heavyweight. Um David Adelaide and Fabio Wardley. That one's hard to pick. No, well, you've got to pick. No no splinters. <laughs> David. David Adelaide. Yeah. Did you see the brawl at the press conference? I just like this guy. You know, his energy. His energy is different. They're both great guys. Yeah, they're both they're great. They're both great yeah. guys, and they're fighting at a very early stage in their career. And finally, the Gypsy King versus the Predator. Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou. Who you got, Razor Ali? Um... 
I would I would go for Tyson just because of the um, it's boxing, you know. He got the skills. Um, Gano can come up to a lot of people, um, but the thing is like Tyson know how to. It's two rounds, you know, and he did that for his though. His whole ten life. threes. Ten, ten threes. Ten threes. Still ten. It's a ten rounder fight, um, which I'm sure like Gano's never went through that. You know, to be able to fight for 10 rounds and stuff. But like, as I said, and as everybody say, like, um, it's a heavyweight. It, one punch can change everything. And this man can punch. So, so go on. Tyson Fury. Is he going to stop him? Is it going to be a decision? What's it going to be? I think he's going to stop him. And while I've got you in, just a very quick pick. Tyson Fury, if he wins. We'll go on to fight Alexander Usyk for the undisputed title. Who you got winning that one? For sure, this is a very 50-50 fight because of many reasons. Um, Usyk already proved himself. You can doubt this man. He can punch, he can move, and he, he's very light on his feet. Um, even though Tyson is light on his feet, but it's different. It's different um, how he moves. It's a very 50-50 fight. Whoever has the better mindset, been prepared better for, for that night, um, that made the best man win. But to be honest, it's a very 50-50 fight. It is indeed in the mind of Reza Ali, who is a brilliant, brilliant person, as well as a great fighter. It gives me great pleasure to say, I love your company. You are an Same. inspiration. You Same. are an inspiration. I never forget the first day we met. I was fighting, it was like, um, in Wembley Arena, I was fighting. It was um, boxer show, joint show with um, was a man, and then I stepped out of the ring. Then you asked me to come for a little interview. Um, with my first time there, um, it was it was brilliant. Even it I was deep. A... It was deep straight away. It was deep. Yeah. Because your life is deep, and your life, I think, is an inspiration. I find it quite emotional. If I'm honest, you know, it's a very emotional journey. And I and I, you're a champion already. Weirdly. That's how I see you as a champion already, but I want you to fulfill your dreams. It's been an absolute pleasure having you in the studio today. Thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure always to spend time with you. Razor Ali, ladies and gentlemen. Later this week, I'll be at the press conference for episode nine with Moses Atalma, with David Adelaide, with Fabio Wardley, as we build up to our journey to the Middle East. We'll see you next time. Podcast Network.